welcome back to the only pop culture podcast in the world. My name is Rick, and as always, I am joined by my fantastic co-host, the Milwaukee Bucks to my Boston Celtics, Robbie. It's a pleasure to be here most of the time. <laughs> How about the NBA, hey? What mm. about those Milwaukee Bucks this week? Yeah, look, it was a good series. Best series we've had so far in the playoffs. Well fought. I would argue that Boston's going to take the whole thing. So to lose to them doesn't feel that bad. Um, you know, I'd rather be in that position where where they're at as opposed to just not even making like the play-ins. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't really care about any teams that didn't make the play-ins, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> really turned you back on the Lakers there. Look, it was, we've touched on this already. It was a very, very disappointing season. No, but big shout out, big shout out to the Bucks. They've they've had a good season, good season so far. I am a hundred percent behind Luka Doncic at this point. <laughs> After the game today. Oh, look, I've been a hundred percent behind Luka Doncic since he entered the league, but a hundred, yeah, absolutely behind the game today. That was incredible. He just absolutely mauled the Suns. Yeah, no, I think Boston's taking it. I think it'll be Boston Mavs final. You reckon the Mavs are going to beat? The, oh, actually, no, they're not going to beat Golden State. It'll be Golden State-Boston um, final, and then Boston will beat Golden State. Yeah. No, uh, I think, yeah, look, Boston deserve it at this point, but... Jason would, Tatum, yeah. uh, finals MVP. Yeah, yeah, but I'd love to see Luca there. I'd love to see Luca there. Yeah. So yeah. welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some cocktails. This week, we have another creation of my own. I'm going to be honest, don't like it as much as last week's, personally. But I feel like it's also very moon nighty, very white, very shimmery. And it did have a fancy little frozen moon inside it. But yeah, look, I don't know. I wasn't the biggest fan. What about yourself? Um, I like that it's not going to get me drunk off one drink. <laughs> not drunk before the actual episode starts this week. Yeah, that was so stupid. <laughs> it was a bit of a struggle. No, it's yeah. It's not your best work, but um, yeah, room for improvement. It's possible. I mean, if you like if you like gin and, you know, a little bit of citrus flavors mixed in with those gins, then I think maybe you might like it, but I don't know. It wasn't sweet enough for me, and I am yeah. I have a bit of a sweet tooth when it comes to drinks. I like my my cocktails like cordial. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> okay, this week we are quite excited. We are talking about Moon Knight, which is something which we've been looking forward to doing for a couple of weeks now. Um, it just finished on Disney Plus. Uh, was it last week? No, it was like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, and yeah, since then we've been looking forward to talking about it. So. As always, we'll start off with just a bit of a rundown of the plot, and then we'll start getting into our thoughts on the actual show itself. So again, this is going to be a very quick breakdown of the plot of the show. We're not going to go through the entirety of it because this is even longer than a regular movie, so we don't want to waste too much time before we actually get into it. So again, I'm going to try and do this in under two minutes. So starting from now. We start with Stephen, who is a mild-mannered museum gift shop employee who is struggling with insomnia and blackouts. Stephen's blackouts increase, and he discovers he's actually suffering from disassociative identity disorder, sharing his body with a mercenary slash avatar of the Egyptian god, Khonshu, who is actually Mark Spector. 
As Mark and Stephen manage their inner conflicts, they also have to contend with Arthur Harrow, a charismatic cult leader seeking to unleash the Egyptian god Amit, who judges the souls of everyone on Earth. And the plan is essentially to release Amit, uh, have them judge everybody pre them committing anything bad, essentially anytime anyone has ever had a bad thought or ever will have a bad thought, and basically wipe them off the face of the Earth. This leads to an Egyptian tomb raid with Mark's wife, Layla, Mark slash Stephen being shot, an identity reconciliation, and an all-out kaiju fight by the pyramids of Egypt. Mark slash Stephen, Layla, and Khonshu eventually defeat Harrow and Amit, and Khonshu releases Mark from his service as his avatar, and Mark slash Stephen are allowed to go back and start their new life together as, I guess, friends or brothers? I don't know. It's a bit of a weird concept, but they share a body together. We then have an after credit scene where Arthur Harrow, who has been put in a insane asylum, is wheeled out by none other than a third identity who was previously unknown to us, Jake Lockley, who ends up murdering Arthur Harrow in the back of Conchu's limo. And that is the rundown of Moon Knight. How did I do? Was that all right? That was very good. That's better than last week's. I think I actually stayed under two minutes this time. I think you did. Maybe like... 80 seconds or something like that. Nice, nice. We're getting better. It's practice. Practice makes perfect. Let's get into the big question. Did you enjoy Moon Knight? I didn't. I, I, I didn't like it. I loved it. Oh, my goodness. I loved it. <laughs> thought it was great. Uh, there wasn't really much I had wrong with it. I mean, obviously, there was the scene where Ethan Hawke was supposed to speak Mandarin and he just spoke a bunch of gibberish. Yeah, apparently. I mean, obviously, I'm not someone who speaks Mandarin myself, so I can't comment on this, but I have seen quite a few comments on this of Ethan Hawke does not know how to speak Mandarin. Why did they put this in the movie? In the Well, like, even um, the guy that plays Shang-Chi, uh, Simu. Yeah. He tweeted about it. He was like, that shit's fucked up. Or like, <laughs> can't believe this, blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah, bro, fair enough. Yeah, that. I mean, that feels a little bit lazy itself. Um, well, it was pointed out that in the first Avengers movie, um, Scarlett Johansson's speaking Russian, you know, so she went to the effort to learn it. I was like, you know, if you're getting paid the big bucks, bro, just, it was one phrase, you know. It's not, it's not like it would have taken him months to fucking figure out. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I do agree with that. You can definitely learn how to say one sentence. I don't think I'm going to let that spoil this TV show for me. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) No, no, no. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I've really got a nitpick at this show for me to come up with any issues with it. Yeah, you got to find the really small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I had a good time watching it. It's, for me, again, very different from the other... Marvel properties that we've seen. There was a very different, a very different style, a very different outlook within this one. Um, a little bit darker than what we've seen in previous, you know, Marvel movies and even some Marvel TV shows. It kind of gave me the vibe of Iron Man three in the way that it, even though it's called Moon Knight, it was mostly about. Mark Spector and Stephen Grant. Yeah, that was something that I actually, I really, really liked about this. And it's something which I think across the board with the Marvel TV shows is you get to spend a lot more time with the characters. Yeah. It's not just about them putting on a suit and punching bad guys. You actually get to see what makes them tick and who these people are. And it just makes for a much more well-rounded character when you actually look at it. 
And I don't know, I found it interesting that this was really the first the first Marvel TV show that was centered on a whole new character. Obviously, we had Loki, which was, you know, focused on Loki. We had WandaVision, which was focused on Wanda and Vision. And Hawkeye, which was, you know, Kate Bishop, but also Hawkeye, the main character. So they've all kind of had these uh, tie-ins with existing characters. And I felt it really cool to introduce a new character in this way so that we could actually spend heaps of time with them and learn all about this new person that's coming into our MCU life. Yeah, no, that's um, it's very well spoken, Rick. Oh, thank you. It's like I do this as a living. I don't. I don't get paid to do this. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> I was about to say, you're holding out on me. <laughs> yeah, no, I set up the website. I set it all up. All the pay is going directly into my bank account. Uh, hey, you know what, man? You deserve it. Oh, look. Enjoy look. those, what, 12 cents a month? I mean, <laughs> I will be stoked when we're making 12 cents a month from this, man. This is purely a labor of love at this point. <laughs> I am not anticipating any money coming in anytime soon. Uh, I am. So our GoFundMe page is... Uh, <laughs> just kidding. So we talked about spending some more time with these characters. Let's have a bit of a chat about our main characters here. We'll start off with Moon Knight, a.k.a. Stephen, a.k.a. Mark Spector, a.k.a. Jake Lockley. What were your thoughts on Moon Knight? I just love Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, Steven is just Adorable. Like, he's just the most pure dude ever. And, you know, he's just getting dragged through all these. He's just waking up in these crazy places, in these, like, messed up situations, having no idea how he's gotten there. And then he's like a puppy. Just, yeah. He's just, oh, he's just like. The sweetest. Yeah. You just want to kind of hold him and be like, hey, man, you know what? You're just, you're just great. Yeah, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Let me cradle you. And then you've got Mark, who is just at when at the start, he just seems like a borderline sociopath. Yeah, um, when you meet him, he's a straight up dick, really. Yeah, no, not a pleasure to be around at all. Wouldn't miss him if he left. I mean, unlike Stephen, he can handle himself, though. He's a, uh, cap- he's a capable human being. Yes, no, he is. <laughs> as a, and especially as Moonlight. But, you know, towards the end, you know, Stephen, Stephen kicks some butt as a Mr. Knight. Yeah. What actually let's let's I want to ask you this question now. What did you prefer, Mr. Knight or Moon Knight? What look was better? Oh, I like the look of Mr. Knight way better. Yeah. Very smooth. Yeah. He's just it's just so um, he just doesn't look like a hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just wearing an all white suit. Yeah. With a ski mask, essentially. The, but he's got, like, the glowy eyes. Yeah. But obviously, the actual Moon Knight. The classic Moon Knight. The classic Moon Knight. That looks so gangster. Yeah. Just so, like, tough. You know what I mean? I did have some issues with the CGI a little bit. Obviously, it doesn't have the budget of the big MCU films. The suits did kind of look a little bit... I don't know. The CGI wasn't great at times, but... Yeah, the look was still cool. I think they still managed to pull it off, especially with the budget that they've got in these things compared to the movies. Um, yeah, I, I really, I, th- I thought it was cool. I thought it was a really, really good look. What about Conchu? Did you like the look of Conchu though? Uh, I did. I the did bird like the look skull? Of, I did like the look of Conchu, um, but I'm pretty sure in the first episode, um, he was just a little bit off. 
I don't know. I in the like first his, the first um, couple of episodes where Stephen is kind of having his mini freak out, not realizing what's going on, and you're seeing sort of Conchu down the hallways and creeping up behind him. When I was watching that the first time, I was like, "This is Marvel are really trying to take a bit of a turn into that soft horror genre." Yeah. Um. It was yeah. It was really. I found it really really creepy. But yeah, I think I don't know. The look was cool. The look was. Not what I was expecting. Not having read a lot of Moon Knight comics, I don't really know if the Konshu representation is accurate to the comics. Yeah, okay. So I don't, I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have anything on that? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, no, I didn't. I'd never read uh, any Moon Knight comics prior to the show uh, being announced. Like I um. Kind of just went on YouTube and looked up videos and stuff. Yeah. Just on Moon Knight intros or whatever. Yeah. I mean, really, for me, my only um, introductions to Moon Knight has been kind of as an ancillary character in, like, Marvel crossovers. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, just seeing him in the the books where everybody comes together and Moon Knight is also there. That's kind of only ever been my real exposure to him. So we both love Steven. Mark grew on us. Yeah, you learn to love him. Yeah, I think we can both agree that Konshu was just a massive dick. What about Mark's wife, Layla? I mean, she was just fucking sick, wasn't she? Like, from when she rocked up to the end of the show, when she rocked up, she was like, oh, my God, Mark, I found you, blah, 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 blah. And then they got in trouble, and then she's like, don't even worry about it. I can fight. Yeah. Just, you know, without any, like powers or whatever she just beats the crap out of those cultists just like a real life lara croft yeah an actual tomb raider yes egyptian tomb raider yeah lovely and then when she gets when she becomes the avatar for i can't even pronounce the tower or whatever it is um the hippo yeah but and then she becomes the scarlet scarab that's so cool yeah. But I don't understand how is the Scarlet Scarab the avatar for a hippo? You know what I mean? I think it's more that scarabs have quite a significant place in Egyptian lore, like Egyptian mythology. So I don't know if it's necessarily the fact that... And I think that if I remember correctly, and I may be wrong in saying this, but I think that on Tarawet's chest is a scarab. Oh, okay. Potentially. I may be wrong in saying that. I may be completely imagining this, but I, you know, to be perfectly honest, I was quite distracted by the fact that Tarawet was just a gigantic anthropomorphized, anthropomorphized, Jesus, anthropomorphized hippo. But she was so nice. Lovely. I love Tarawet. (laughs) What a fantastic person. Slash God slash hippo. Just. She was just so, she was so sweet. Yeah. And she like, you know, she was like, Oh, by the way, you're dead. But, you know, that's okay because, you know, there's an afterlife and you'll be fine if, you know, you do. If we can get those hearts to balance. Yeah, man. Well, I think, again, I may be wrong in saying this, but I'm pretty sure Tawaret is the Egyptian goddess of motherhood and fertility. So, obviously, yeah, supposed to be a caring, loving, warm person. Obviously not the case when it comes to Mark Spector's actual mum. Oh my god! Which I think we might talk about a little bit later before we get in. Like let's let's talk about the good things before we start getting dark and depressing. 
Yeah, that shit broke my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very rough. So, love Layla. Could do with more Layla. I think Layla needs to come back. She should definitely be in either a follow-up Moon Knight show or she needs to make it to the big screen because she was fantastic and I would 100% just watch a TV show about Layla. What I wanted to see is I wanted to see more of the main Egyptian gods' avatars. You know how, like, in the last episode or second last episode when... um, Harrow. Harrow gets to the tomb and he, like, attacks them and just kills them in just like kills, two seconds just kills them all i was like but they're they're like the big boss gods you know what i mean like ra and osiris and whatever it is yeah you know? and at that point harrow hadn't even released Ahmet. exactly so i'm just <laughs> so i'm like i understand if you get the jump on someone fair but he just walked in with like a mob and i was just like i just wish i at least saw what happened you know i don't even care that they lost yeah i just wish i saw it you know but yeah but that would have just been very expensive. So. Yeah. Yeah. They blew all their budget on the gigantic kaiju fight. Which I wasn't the biggest fan of, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think... Let's talk about this right now. But I... The last episode of this, and there's a bit of a trap with all of the MCU TV shows, the, the last episode always doesn't quite live up to the hype. The My favorite parts of Moon Knight was episode four, episode five, when Mark... Mark slash Steven gets shot and then they end up, you know, he's dead. He's in the afterlife and he's reconciling his mental health struggles and, you know, coming to grips with Steven. I thought that was the most compelling portion of this entire series. Oh, yeah, 100%. That was the part I enjoyed the most once they were in the asylum trying to balance out the hearts. When Mark gets shot in the pyramid... Yeah, that's the third episode. And it cuts to black and then he sort of like fades away into the water. Mm. I paused it <laughs> and then looked at how much was left, how many minutes were left in the episode. And there was still, I think at that point, 15 minutes or so. It's like, okay, obviously he's not dead. There's something There's something else coming here. But from that moment on, I was on the edge of my seat. Like I was, I legitimately sat up from my slouching, laying down, being a slob on the couch, I sat up and was glued to the TV from there. I don't know why, but when he got shot, I thought that one of his personas was just going to die off, you know what I mean? So he dies dies in the physical world and then one of his personas dies as well? Not necessarily. I didn't think he was going to die in the physical world. I thought that like he was just going to wake up but, like, you know, Stephen or Mark just wasn't going to be there anymore. Yeah, okay. And then um, I thought that Jake Lockley might have just rocked up. Yeah. Well, we did have teasers of Jake Lockley throughout. Yeah. Which we didn't really get him in the flesh until the very end. Well, the end credit scene, really. Yeah, well, in the asylum, there was the the other, like, coffin or whatever. Yes. Us off cut. Whatever it is, I don't know the words. Sarcophagus. That's the one, sarcophagus. And then there was the three of them in Harrow's office. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there was a lot of debate around whether or not we saw Jake in Harrow's office. Um, there was the portion there where Mark was talking and it didn't really quite feel like Mark. And I don't know if you picked up this as well. I think this was in episode five. Yeah, it was in episode five where he's talking to Harrow, Dr. Harrow at this point, 
saying, oh, you're a great doctor. You're a real great doctor, but did not sound like Mark at all. Apparently that wasn't Jake, but I don't know. I feel like Oscar Isaac may have been slipping him in there in parts. Yeah, okay. I don't know. That's just a, that's just a theory from me. So I who think, knows? I think one of my favorite um, parts was when Stevens talking to Harrow in the office and yeah. Harrow just asks a question and Stevens immediately goes, oh, nosy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stephen is fantastic. Protect Stephen at all costs. Well, okay, on that note then, let's let's talk about Harrow, the main villain of the show. Uh, fluent in Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> fluent in multiple languages, apparently. By Mandarin, I mean the fruit. By Mandarin, I mean the fake Mandarin from Iron Man 3. <laughs> ben Kingsley's Iron Man. I, I loved Arthur Harrow, which is, I, I don't know if that's a controversial thing to say that you love the villain, but I thought he was fantastic. No, I get what you're saying. He, like, he gave me um, the same vibe as uh, Mads Mikkelsen Grindelwald. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? How it's like, he just seems very likable, but you know there's something wrong there. Just ultra charismatic. Yeah. And yeah, just charming, but like dangerously charming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was just this, every time he talked, you couldn't help but listen and take it all in, but also at the same time be like, this dude is sinister as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I just want to keep. I just want to keep hearing you talk as because soon, I believe it all. As soon as we introduce to him and you see him putting like the broken glass in his shoes. Oh, the the, the opening scene yeah, of the series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like, this guy's fucked. I don't care what comes out. I don't trust him. Yeah, this guy is bad news. Yeah, and then he had an alligator on his pimp cane. I was just like, okay, maybe he's dope as fuck. Actually, <laughs> I was just like, that's just. Arthur Harrow's got that drip. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you sketchy, sketchy, man. Drippy with it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rick, please, you're 29. I'm with it. Oh, my God. I know what the kids say these days. Oh, my God, please stop. <laughs> well, that brings me to a question that I wanted to ask you. Do you think this is the best acted Marvel property? Because... Oscar Isaac was phenomenal. Fantastic, incredible. Just an absolute oh. tour de force from Oscar Isaac as far as acting is concerned. Yes, I would say yes. Yeah? I might have to re-watch it if, before I give that award to the entire series, but as far as um, a main character goes, I'd say he's definitely at the top for, well, I for me. I think I would extend it even beyond the main character and say that... Ethan Hawke as well, absolutely smashed it. Ethan Hawke's Harrow is a top five MCU villain for me. Really? Really, yeah. Wow, okay. Um, Not in the scale of like what he did, but just in the way that- He was portrayed. He was portrayed, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like obviously what he did as far as what's happened in the MCU, not very major, you know? Similar to like Vulture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about what he did. I was like, no, <laughs> no, nah, man, <laughs> not really. No, no. I mean, like similar in terms of you know a bit more 
bit more narrow focused in that it's not a global MCU kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but just fantastically act and just a believable villain as well. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't know if this is a controversial thing to say or not, but I personally, I don't think that it's a stretch to say that this is the best acted MCU property to date. Oscar, I and we talked about this. I actually, <laughs> so you you guys don't know this, but in our Doctor Strange preview, I actually edited out about fifteen minutes, and I don't. I'm not even kidding. It was about fifteen minutes of us just gushing about Oscar Isaac and his performance. It was. I, I was impressed that we actually talked about it for that long, to be perfectly honest. And I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with all of that content because like, do I delete this? Do we just get rid of it? I ended up saving it separately. So maybe I'll release that as bonus content of us just, you know, adoring Oscar him. <laughs> but we legitimately talked for, yeah, it was a long time of just Oscar Isaac is fantastic. Did you see the latest episode? Oh my God. And then us talking about how much, we feel bad for Oscar Isaac because he's been in Star Wars and he's been in Apocalypse and it was just terrible. Yeah. He's had some rough ones. He has. Yeah. But I feel like this was 100% a redemption. This was a come up. This was, in the eyes of nerd fandom, I think that Oscar Isaac should be on a pedestal somewhere. <laughs> just in his house sitting on a pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. The throne of Oscar Isaac. But no, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that this is the best acted Marvel property to date. I'm trying to think of what I would put against it. but um, WandaVision was really well acted, I thought. Yeah. With One- um, Elizabeth Olsen. No, what's the witch's name? Oh, Catherine Hahn? Agatha? Agatha, yeah. Yeah. She was fantastic. I mean, obviously Elizabeth Olsen was as well. And, um, and Paul Bettany. And Paul Bettany, yeah. And was who's who played Quicksilver? Uh, Evan Luke, Peters. Evan Peters. I just love Evan Peters, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Anything that that guy's in, I'm like, big fan, love your work. <laughs> like, I think he was in American Horror Story in one, yeah. one of the seasons. And I think he's in all of them, isn't he? He's in a couple of them. I don't yeah. know if he's in all of them. Um, he's also he's in teen classic that I absolutely loved growing up. Never back down. Oh, he is too. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, that is what inspired me when I was in high school to get fit that movie. And I and that sounds like such a lame thing to say right now. And yeah, not, I wish I'm, I wish you hadn't told me. That. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it, but I loved that movie. And there's a there's a remix in there, the Travis Barker remix of Soldier Boy. Crank that Soldier Boy. That is still in my gym workout. Uh, playlist today. A Travis Barker Soldier Boy remix. It's incredible. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing gets you pumped up like Crank That Soldier Boy being blasted on drums by Travis Barker. Did you know that um, Evan Peterson or whatever his name is was in Kick-Ass? Yes. And so was the other Quicksilver? Yes. um, Aaron Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Aaron Taylor-Johnson? Yeah. thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Two Quicksilvers in one movie. Yeah, except only one of them was a hero in that movie. Wasn't? Weren't they like both heroes though? I haven't watched Quick Art. Quick Ass. <laughs> <laughs> they should rename it to Quick Ass. I haven't watched Kick Ass. What? Yeah. What? What? 
That's such a good movie. I I don't doubt it. I know Nicolas Cage is in it as well. <sighs> and Jim Carrey's in the second one. Is he? Yeah. Do you know Jim Carrey's retired from acting? Yeah, I saw that after Sonic 2 came out. Yeah. Well, from what I heard, he's retired from acting because of the whole Will Smith thing. What do you mean? Well, you know what the Will Smith thing is, right? Or he smacked Chris Rowe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the one thing that Will Smith is going to be remembered for for the rest of his life now. Yeah, apparently after that happened and, you know, the, the entire Academy gave Will Smith, they still gave him his award and then gave him a standing ovation when he got his award. Jim Carrey was apparently really pissed off about it. And was like, oh, you, okay. okay. You guys aren't, you, you've just allowed violence to happen. You've done nothing about it. You've then applauded the man. And basically he just said, I'm done with all this Hollywood bullshit and I'm out. I've had enough. And yeah. he just, and that was, that was it. He's retired. Fucking earth, good on him. Yeah. I, props to Jim Carrey. Yeah. Big ups to Carrey. I just wish that he didn't retire before releasing Ace Ventura 3. Yeah, look, I <laughs> hope that that never gets made. Wow. I wow. love I love the first two and I just, in the world of remakes, more often than not, they don't live up to the hype. I feel like it's not hard to make an Ace Ventura movie though. I don't know. I feel what, like could go, what could possibly go wrong? I don't know. I just feel like it wouldn't be the same, you know, especially because Jim Carrey's old now. I think that as long as Jim Carrey was actually trying, it would still be fantastic. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, I really like Yes Man. Let's cut him <laughs> him with Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. I love that movie. This is turning into the Jim Carrey podcast now. <laughs> what are we talking about? Moon Knight. Shit. We get back on top. Fuck. I- Wow, I we got along. I love Oscar Isaac. Love we went it. a far, far away from Moon Knight. <laughs> That's your fault. I'm sure if we play it back, I'm sure it's your fault. Again, I don't even remember how we got that far away from it, but that's okay. Let's get back on topic. So best best active Marvel property? Sure. Sure. All right. An agreement from the only pop culture podcast in the world. That's our like certified stamp right there. Yeah. What do you think about the direction that Marvel are taking with things becoming darker. I like it. And I think I think it's good because they... I don't know if that this is why they're doing it, but it's just... It feels like it is because of my situation. But, like, I've grown up watching these movies and it seems that as I'm growing up, the movies are getting more mature with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like to keep that demographic that they've built. The base audience. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of the opposite, really, to what Star Wars did, I would say. A hundred percent. You've got Star Wars, which I think first and foremost has always been for kids. You know, like my my dad grew up watching the first Star Wars when that came out. I think he was 13 or so when that first Star Wars came out. Yeah. And then Star Wars, the prequels come out when I was a child. I mean, I was already a Star Wars fan by that point at five years old but the star wars prequels come out and it was kind of still aimed towards kids yeah so the adults absolutely blasted it whereas myself grew up loving every aspect of it because i was a child still had the cool lightsaber fights all the goofy humor from jar jar binks and that kind of thing kind of just washed over the top of me because i was a child and i think that's partially the reason why the sequels are getting so much hate now not to say that the sequels were good because I still don't necessarily agree that the sequels were good, but 
yeah, I think, yeah, what you're saying there of that their Marvel, Marvel's properties are growing up with us is I think probably not too far off the truth. I, I, I noticed myself getting off topic again, talking about Star Wars and like, no, let's get back, let's get back to Moon Knight. I wanted to see how far you'd go. <laughs> I didn't say anything just, just in case you realized what you were doing. Yeah. I was going to go off on a, a completely different tangent there again. So what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Really? <laughs> no. So yeah, I think. This is something which we're seeing more and more creep in with Marvel. Obviously, just watching Doctor Strange, that was much, much darker compared to any of the other films that we've seen. And then Moon Knight, which you know came out just before Doctor Strange, but again, was kind of that toe-dipping. Because this was before the multiverse of madness, this was kind of Marvel's toe-dipping into those darker, scarier, more adult themes. I feel like they've been very slowly doing it since they started doing the series. You know what I mean? Because WandaVision was kind of dark. In the like when they when Vision finds out that the town is under control in like from Wanda. Yeah. That got a bit like kind of creepy, like puppet mastery, you know what I mean? Yeah, I still felt that as a little bit kind of comic y and yeah. and yeah, like the way that it was handled, I it didn't feel, I don't know, like Moon Knight felt ominous to me. Okay, yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying there. Like there was always that kind of like dark underlying creep factor to it. Yeah, it's just Jake Lockley, baby. Yeah, just Jake Lockley watching from the shadows at all times. Yeah. Moon Knight just hit me in so many places, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like there were parts where I was like actually like, getting scared because like in the first or second episode when there's that like dog beast thing chasing yeah. him and just jumps out i was like oh shit just definitely shit my pants <laughs> um and then there's the parts where you know it's got uh, mark specter's mum and she's doing what she's doing and i'm just like oh my god yeah and that wasn't even scary in the sense of oh scary monster that was just horrifying in the sense of like, this is what, like, there is people in the world that are like this. Yeah. And just, you know, nobody likes to see an abusive mother. Like, that was awful, 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 awful stuff. Yeah. I remember after watching it, I just went out to, like, my parents' living room. I was just talking to my mom. I was like, hey, <laughs> you're, you're the best. <laughs> I love you, mom. This I is why I say bye to you at the end of every podcast. I love you. <laughs> you're so much better than mrs specter yeah and to to be fair mr specter as well who didn't do anything you know like what was watching his son be abused i don't know if i'd say that he's as bad you know what i mean i mean not as bad obviously like he wasn't the one doing the abusing but was also you know complicit in the sense that he didn't do anything yeah no 100 percent. i'd like to think that if I was to see somebody being abused, then I would step in, let alone if they were my own child. And then when Mark was leaving, like I'm, I'm going off, I'm going to, I'm going to join the military, and Mister Spectre, as we're calling him, was begging him to stay, like stay in this house where you've been abused for your entire life. Yeah, I don't fucking think so, man. Like I am out of here. Catch you later. Yeah, see you on the flip, my dude. Yeah, I that was yeah that whole. That was episode five. That was rough. That was a fucking journey. Yeah. And then there was um, 
when Stephen finds out that he's the hallucination or whatever. Like yeah, the, yeah. Like he's the he's the created personality. Yeah, he's the created personality, and then he finds out that his mum's dead. And, yeah, heartbreaking. Oh, it's just, and then he saves Mark from the sand people that are attacking them. Yeah, the Tuscan Raiders. Oh, and saves Mark, tumbles overboard, and bit of context to this, when he tumbles overboard, lands into the sands the sands of the dead or something like that, he essentially turns to stone, and we're left to believe that he's dead at that point. Heartbreaking. The way that he's calling out for Mark, and Mark's screaming over the ship for, for Stephen, and he's reaching out with one hand as he slowly turns to stone. Yeah. Oh, oh rough. Yeah, look, that... I don't know why, but I, I feel like I just I had a, I feel like I had a feeling that he was gonna come back, so that didn't hit me as hard. But when when all of uh, Mark's childhood was getting brought up, all the trauma, all the trauma, like you know, losing his brother, his mum abusing him, yeah, his mum blaming him for his, his the death mom, of his brother, his mum never letting him live down the fact that his brother died, yeah. Um, you know, and then the dad doing nothing and all those things. That was just so heavy. I was, and then, like, the fact that uh, Stephen was there going, no, she wasn't like this. She was she was lovely. Da, 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 mm. da, da, da. This didn't happen. That didn't happen. And it's just like, it didn't happen because you weren't there. And yes. This, I was just, ah, uh, uh, uh. I just think back to when the MCU first started. No chance in hell that we could have had something like this. Yeah, no, definitely not. Something this dark, something this just heart-wrenching as well. I just, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't open the MCU and have Moon Knight childhood trauma returns. You know, like that would just be too much. Yeah, well, imagine if the first Iron Man was just more, it was more of like Tony Stark's dysfunctional side. <laughs> the first Iron Man is Iron Man Demon in a Bottle and it's just alcoholic Tony Stark yeah. ruining his life. Man, Tony had some tough times. Yeah, well, I think everybody that is a superhero goes through tough times, but it is what it is. That's that's the life that you choose to make when you choose to live when you're a superhero. I'm trying to think of who's got the easiest life out of superheroes. Thor has it the worst. Um... Thor's entire planet was destroyed. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd still rather be Thor over Moon Knight. Do you think? 100%. I wouldn't say that Odin was a particularly good father either. No, but he at least, like, both of Thor's parents loved him enough, you know what I mean? Mm. Mark Spector's mum just straight up hated him. Yeah, that's true. It was just like, I hate you. I (laughs) wish you were dead instead of your brother. Yeah. And then he was just like, I love you too, mum. You know, he was, just try- he was just trying to Thanks, keep, keep the memory going, like, as if his mum wasn't just this psycho bitch. Oh, and then mum dies and... And then he tries to go to the funeral. Oh, and he's out the front. Oh, and then he just breaks down and he's just screaming in the streets. And that's when Stephen reappears for the first time in a long time, apparently. Yeah. But, oh, my God. Oscar Isaac is fantastic. Oh, my God. I hate thinking about all this. It makes me so, <laughs> makes me so sad, man. All right, let's get out of the depressing things. Then. <laughs> let's, let's move on. So, end of the story, Konshu releases Mark slash Steven from his services as his avatar. 
But we find out that Jake Lockley, you know, sneaky little conchu, oh, you didn't read the fine print. I still have control of Jake Lockley. So clearly Moon Knight is still around in some form or another. From my understanding, Oscar Isaac hasn't signed on for any more properties going forwards at this point in time. Do you think that we see Moon Knight again? Surely. Surely we see it again. Even without knowing that Oscar Isaac has re-signed? I feel like... Well, how many people in uh, in the MCU haven't re-signed contracts? I don't know. I don't keep a track of that stuff. I just know that Oscar Isaac hasn't re-signed. Everyone re-signs the contract. Whether they do it like while they're filming or... What about Edward Norton, The Incredible Hulk? Did he get offered that, though? I don't think he would have come back anyway, to be honest. There was creative differences in that movie, and it showed because that movie was terrible. Yeah, well, no one missed Edward Norton. You no. Know what I mean? But yeah, I, I I, don't know. I think we will see him again. I don't know in what capacity. I would love to see a Moon Knight season two. I want to see Jake Lockley's outfit because the costume designer for the show said that if they were going to do it, they were going to do the black Moon Knight outfit. Ah, oh, that'd be sick. And I was like, that's really cool. Is that too close to Batman? Like Moon Knight is kind of already the Marvel. No, because it's still ripoff. yeah, it is, it is. But it's like it's still it's not like all black. You know, I think he's still got like the white cape, but it's yeah, just like okay. his his um armor. Yeah, is just yeah. like dark. Okay, and then maybe like the um the mask under his hood is dark as well. Yeah, so I, I could get on board with that, I suppose. Yeah, we'll see if it even happens at all. Yeah, I yeah I think I am holding out hope. I think we will see him again. As I said, I don't know in what capacity that we'll see him again, but I think there is they they obviously left it intentionally open, regardless of the fact that Oscar Isaac had signed on. They have left it open for the fact that Jake Lockley is still around dealing with Conchu. I yeah I just I don't see a reality where Oscar Isaac doesn't sign on because that's like that was such a huge thing for him. You know yeah, what I mean. I know he's had some pretty good movies. That haven't been X-Men or Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's been a part of a couple, more than a couple good movies, but they're not part of like franchises. You know? yeah. They're not like franchise films where you're like, wow, Oscar Isaac's in this. But if yeah. they bring Apocalypse into the MCU, do they bring in Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse? They're fucking better not. <laughs> I'd be so mad. I would, oh. be, I would be so mad. Okay, I know you want to get to the last episode and talk about the kaiju fight, but before we do that, I just wanted to bring something up really, really quickly in the first episode where Stephen blacks out and he ends up in a lovely little town in the middle of some green mountains and hills. Do you think that's Latveria? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm holding on to my, my thoughts from the Doctor Strange preview of... Doctor Doom could possibly show up, and I would love to see Doctor Doom. I saw like a TikTok or whatever, and it was like had in the truck that they stole the donut truck. It had some reference to Doom in it. Yeah, there was so part of the signage was cut out, but on the on the boxes that were in the back, it said you well what was visible was Von D, and then the rest of it was sort of obscured, so you couldn't see it. Yeah. And I know that this is Marvel just being, you know, tricky with it. Ha ha, 
maybe Doctor Doom's coming, maybe he's not, we got you. Or like, you know, just like a little Easter egg. But I am, that is me like 100% in at this point. Like, fuck yeah, bring out Doctor Doom. That is so cool. Well, did you hear that John Krasinski is Mr. Fantastic in Fantastic <laughs> Four? John Krasinski will not be Mr. Fantastic going forward. No, he is. No, he's not. No, he is. Since when? I saw a thing. Where? Another Facebook image of it? No, it was like, it was the director of the movie talking about it. Sam Raimi? No, of the Fantastic Four movie. Oh, no, no, it's not. I swear it was. No, it's not. I swear. Nah, I don't believe it. I will will search this up later on. I don't believe that. And if I'm wrong, I will snip it out here and I will make an apology in the edits. Hey, it's Editing Rick here. Just wanted to get in here with a quick update and let you know that I did in fact Google this and... No, it hasn't been confirmed that John Krasinski is playing Mr. Fantastic going forwards. So I was, again, correct. Just wanted to put that in there and have that on the record. All right, thanks. That's not good enough. <laughs> I need more than that. Yeah, well, that's all you're going to get. I'm the, one that, I'm the one that does the editing. So until you learn how to do that, then that's, that's all you're going to get. <sighs> damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's talk about the kaiju fight then. Let's talk about the last episode. You had some thoughts on this that you wanted to share? Well, it's just when they were fighting in the tomb when they were small, when Armit was first released, I thought it looked pretty cool because it was like kind of fast-paced and they, were, they seemed more, even though they weren't big, they seemed more powerful. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like once they went all big, they were so much slower. Well, that's because they're giants. No, I understand that, but they're also gods. So it's like, what? It... It just wasn't. I I like. I enjoyed watching the fight more when they were smaller and faster. Yeah, you know, I, the the size didn't do anything for me. I I am on board with what you're saying. I think that, as I said before, this is something which the MCU have kind of with all of their TV shows. The the last episode always resolves into this big shootout or big you know big fist fight, which I get. It's it's TV shows based on comic books, but. Sometimes we don't need that. Sometimes those smaller scale moments are better. And that's, I mean, you know, we've just talked about how good episode four and five were of Moon Knight. I would have loved a continuation of that and the the dealing of Amit Amit being a bit more low key, a bit more low scale. Yeah, it would have been pretty cool. Like if they had to be a little bit more sneaky rather than just brawl it out. That being said, the... Mark slash Steven and Layla versus Arthur Harrow in the streets of Cairo was pretty dope. Scarlet Scarab looks so good. That's the Scarlet Scarab is the upgraded version of Falcon. (laughs) The better Falcon. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I think I loved that fight scene and I loved the interchanging between Mark and Steven as they as they Battled yes. out with Harrow. Mm-hmm. I could have just done with that without the kaiju fight in the back. Fair enough. Nah, you know what? Yeah, 100% the same. The kaiju fight wasn't... Well, it didn't do anything for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, nah, I agree. I agree. So to finish off tonight, we wanted to give a bit of a rundown of all of the MCU Disney Plus shows so far and put them into a little bit of a ranking. So we're each going to give our personal ranking for the six TV shows that have been released so far. So that was WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, 
and WandaVision. That's the order of release. Sorry, WandaVision. <laughs> Moon Knight. Moon Knight was the last one that we've just been talking about for an hour. Good um, one, idiot. <laughs> so what we'll do, we're going to rank them from six through to one. We'll talk about, we'll give a bit of a brief reasoning as to why we put them where they are. We'll do it with, when I if I rank something higher than, than you, we'll talk about it when we get to the higher ranking. Yeah, okay. So if you rank something at a five, I rank it as a three, we'll talk about it when we get to number three. See, I didn't do it like that. I literally just went like, this one's my favorite, this is my least favorite. You know, I haven't given them like numbers or anything. Well, you're going to have to. <laughs> well, shit. Okay. All right. Well, we'll start off with number six. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number six. What if? What if? Yeah, I agree. I what if was what if was my bottom as well. Um, I I need to say I enjoyed watching it, but some of the stories that they chose just didn't interest me. Like the Peggy Carter one. I don't, I don't know about you personally, Rick, but Peggy Carter as Captain Britain or UK or whatever she yeah. is doesn't interest me in the slightest. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think, and this is the this is the flaw with comparing what if to the rest of the MCU is that we're not as invested in it because it's not our universe. And I think this is the thing that I had a problem with. I had a lot of fun watching what if. I really enjoyed the different arcs. I really enjoyed um, the culmination of all of those arcs with the big battle with Superior Ultron. Yeah, but. I couldn't get as invested into it because this wasn't my Steve Rogers. This wasn't my Thor. This wasn't my Black Panther. Yeah, well, like, the as far as the stories go, I liked the Black Panther one where he was Star-Lord. I thought that was cool. I liked um, the Doctor Strange one. The Doctor Strange one was awesome. Yeah, I think that was probably – that was the best one for me. I liked the Zombies one, obviously. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Zombies. That's the best one for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, you know, Peggy Carter and then Thor, the Thor one was garbage where he's just partying Party in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got Killmonger. I didn't mind Killmonger. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same, I just didn't care for it. Yeah. And I think obviously being the only animated one on the list, it was, it was just different. It was a whole different vibe. And I, I, I mean, I'm on record with this podcast saying that I like it when the MCU do do something different. This was maybe just a bit too far out of that for me. And again, not to say that we didn't have fun watching it, but we have to rank it. Because we have to rank that rank it because that's what we've decided to do. But in ranking it, this is definitely number six for me. Yeah. Happy. All right. Number what, five. What have you got, mate? My number five is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep. Yours too? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, again, this is, not, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to say this for every single one of them. I really, really enjoyed it, but we have to rank him. That's what we're doing here. Falcon and the Winter Soldier for me, I enjoyed the journey. The last episode was a bit too much. Like there was just so much happening in the last episode. My favorite part and I think this is not a popular opinion because people hated John Walker. What actually? Before I go further, what was your what were your thoughts on John Walker, the US agent? This is the douche, wasn't he? Yeah, but like I like him for setting up the US agent. Yeah, you know, but like as Captain America, I was like, God, you suck, and you're so like twisted in your head that you think you're this hero, even <laughs> though 
obviously you're not because you did all these things and you're blaming it on other people just to try and keep yourself looking good. Okay, so <laughs> I don't want this to sound like I'm defending the bad things. Oh, but... you like John Walker. <laughs> you like John Walker. You're a bad person. Rick is a bad person. So I actually did like John Walker. And I want to preface this by saying that I'm not a racist. <laughs> you know, I don't prefer him over Falcon or the new Captain America. That's not what you said before. The wow, right okay. Now. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> but... I loved the story that they told with John Walker. Um, I like the way that they portrayed him as, you know, he is this all-American hero and everybody should everybody should love John Walker, but at the same time, he's also struggling with the fact that he's trying to fill Steve Rogers' shoes. Yeah. You know, he hasn't just stepped into this, and, and this is also fantastically easy for me. He's getting his ass handed to him by the Flag Smashers and him struggling with that, like, I need to make myself better to be able to compete with this and be able to live up to who Captain America is. And, yeah, so getting back to what I was going to say before, my favorite part in this entire show, the entire run, and you might think that I'm a fucking sicko for saying this, but when John Walker is suffering from roid rage and straight up murders the flag smasher with the shield... Oh, yeah. That was my favorite part in the entire show. And again, this was kind of like, wow, MCU took a real dark turn here. But the story that that told and then the images of the blood dripping off of Cap's shield while John Walker is, you know, like, you know, super heavy breathing and starting to realize what it is that he's just done. I fucking loved it. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. I like seeing characters that seem to have it together lose it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all that being said, as much as I love those aspects of it, John Walker's redemption in the last episode felt way too rushed. Yeah, 100%. I don't, he hadn't earned that. Um, the, actually, that being said, the entire last episode felt really, really rushed to me. Like yep. they kind of just threw it all together. And, oh, we have to wrap up all of these loose ends, so we'll just throw it all together in one big end fight. The Sharon Carter is the power broker. Didn't like that. That yeah. was really bizarre. No, I didn't like that either. But I'll tell you what I did like. Baron Zemo. Oh, yes. Yes. I forgot about Baron Zemo. And I'm ashamed that I forgot about Baron Zemo. How did you forget about it? Okay, so the second best part of the, the entire series was Baron Zemo dancing in the nightclub. <laughs> I Yeah, Baron Zemo was fantastic. Yeah. No, he, um, he definitely gave it a bump that had it not had, would have probably kept it to the bottom of my list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is at the bottom of the list. It's- well, what if? What if is lower? It's towards the bottom of the list already. Okay. So all that being said, let's move on to number four. Hawkeye. Yeah. Same. Wow. I wasn't actually expecting us to have the same list so far. I'm convinced we're going to have an identical list. All right. Well, we'll see when we get there. Hawkeye. What did you like about Hawkeye? Kate Bishop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then... I really just liked Hayley Steinfeld. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, she is good. I, I also just love um, that Hawkeye's kind is of, getting a bit like Thor. He's just getting to get a bit of one a few one-liners in here and there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, because Hawkeye is the joke hero in the Avengers. You yes. know what I mean? <laughs> So, like, the fact that he's making jokes as well is just 
I think is good. And then he's like, what is, he's got like, he's lost his hearing from like all the explosions he's gone through. And have the flashbacks of all the explosions that he's gone through as yeah. well. Yeah. Just small things like that. And then obviously, um, what's her name? Yelena. 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 Yeah. Oh my Florence God. Pugh. Also fantastic. Florence Pugh. Oof. I, yeah, I would 100% watch a TV show of just Hayley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh. Yes. Yeah, no, I can't wait to see them like team up together in like the next Avengers movie. The West Coast Avengers. Yeah. Or Young Avengers. Yeah, without Wiccan and Speed. Good luck, champ. Wiccan and Speed are going to come back. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. They're absolutely... Yeah, Wiccan and Speed are definitely going to be there. No There's champ. no way that they've set it up this much for them not to be there. No, champ. Yes. <laughs> Hawkeye, what didn't you like about it? They did the kingpin dirty, and I didn't like Kate Bishop's mum. Oh, actually, that brings up a good point. How good was the swordsman? Was in Kate Bishop's dad. Or, stepdad. Uh, stepdad. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, so good. So good. And Jack. Yeah, Jack, yeah. I fucking love Jack. And I think we should do an episode later on where we rank all of our... We do a tier list for our top pop culture dads. <laughs> Maybe a uh, Father's Day special. But Jack, dads. Yeah, Jack yeah. was fantastic. Jack was so good and just the most lovable person. Like he was up there with Stephen as far as just lovable. And I just want them to be safe and looked after at all times. Yeah, I don't know. He was kind of <laughs> like he was. It was cool, dude. But at the same time, he was just a bit of a nutter. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. He no. just likes swords, man. Like, get off his back. He's just living his best life. He likes swords so much, he was going to black market auctions to get swords. Dude, if you were a millionaire or a billionaire, don't tell me that you wouldn't go buy swords with your money. No, I'd send people to buy my swords. <laughs> I wouldn't attend the auctions exactly, myself. Yeah, that just fucking besmirches your name. What Lame. What Lame. a cop out. Ugh. Whatever, Rick. <laughs> yeah so for me the reason why Hawkeye couldn't get any higher was the other shows were just better yeah really I mean I again love spending time with Hawkeye love spending time with Kate Bishop yes. and Yelena yes. but yeah Kingpin felt almost I, I don't know I felt like Kingpin didn't need to be in there no he didn't absolutely didn't and to bring in an iconic villain like Kingpin to dispatch of him in an episode and a half and kind of I don't know it looked really lame I don't believe that Kingpin is dead, even though, you know, we have to cut to black and he gets shot. I don't think he's dead. There is a comic arc where Kingpin gets shot and he just goes blind from it. So I feel like maybe we'll play into that a little bit. But yeah, I don't think Kingpin's gone. I just felt like that was rushed. Again, like, again, a comic, a common theme with the MCU TV series is the episodes, the last episodes always feel a little bit rushed, like they've got too much to go in there. But. I had more fun with Hawkeye than I did with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep. No, totally agree. All right. Let's see if our lists start to differ a little bit here. Number three. Moon Knight. Ooh, there we go. I've got WandaVision. So, all right, let's... What do you want? Well, I'll, 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 I'll go first. Okay. So, basically, I think as far as enjoyment of watching, I'd probably put Moon Knight at the top as my number one. Wow. Okay. Um... I like Loki, but I feel like I enjoyed Moon Knight more. Um, but as far as what they did to expand the MCU, Moon Knight did uh, surprisingly little. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was very, very small yeah. in scope. Compared to WandaVision and especially Loki, they opened up whole new branches um, for stories to go through, you know? Yeah. Like, obviously, WandaVision opened up for Multiverse of Madness, and so did Loki, you know, with um, Kang. So, yeah, as far like, that's probably why, well, that is why I've got WandaVision and Loki higher than Moon Knight. Yeah. Even though I enjoyed watching Moon Knight way more than I enjoyed watching Loki. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's fair. I think, I don't know, for me, putting WandaVision at number three, <laughs> again, I really liked it. I really enjoyed them doing those first sort of four episodes where it was them going through the different different types of sitcoms throughout history. I, I liked that. I know a lot of people when they first started WandaVision was like, this is weird. I don't really like this. I'm not getting into this. I really enjoyed that. Again, I like it when the MCU do something different. I, it, I find it really, really hard for me to say anything bad about it. Again, the last episode, I probably didn't need the big, you know, massive showdown. It could have just been a, it could have just been a show of Wanda dealing with her grief and I still would have loved it. But maybe, and maybe this is just recency bias, recency bias, why I have Moon Knight higher and that could very well be the case. But for me, I, I had a very tough time splitting up my three, two and one. Like they were all very, very close. So yeah, I can't really say much bad about it. The only thing that I can say is why that I had Moon Knight higher is that it's purely based on Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Just the performance that Oscar Isaac gave, and and on top of that as well, Ethan Hawke, as I said, I already believe that this is the best acted MCU property. I had to give them some credit with that. And the performance that Oscar Isaac put in, him acting alongside himself, and then Ethan Hawke thrown in was just phenomenal. And that's not to take anything away from Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, like we've already talked about, but it, yeah, I, Oscar Isaac just did a phenomenal job. I found this, even though we had less time with Moon Knight than we had with Wanda, I found the emotional aspects of this show just as heavy, which I think oh, yeah. is, is commendable to the sense that you've made me feel so much for this character that I haven't had as much time with compared to established people like Wanda. Yeah. So no. that was, that's my reasoning for, for that. So in that case, what's your number two? My number two is Loki. Ooh, okay. So you've got WandaVision number one then? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So my my number two was Moon Knight, which means and we've already we've already talked about Moon Knight, which means my number one is Loki. So let's just dive into Loki then. So you had a number okay. I was I was expecting you to have Loki number one. Nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, well, I, I really liked Loki, but I just, I feel like it was, for some reason, I just didn't really enjoy it as much as the others. Like when I, when I started watching, I, I didn't watch Loki when it came out. I like waited for it all to come out and then started watching it. Yeah. And classic binge watch. Yeah. But I couldn't, you know what I mean? So, like, I watched maybe one or two episodes and then I was like, all right, I can't keep watching this. I need to have, like, a break. It's definitely slower paced than the other ones. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I feel like WandaVision's slower paced than Loki. Uh, I don't know, because I feel like, uh, I don't know, potentially. Because, like, it's, it's only towards the end 
that everything really falls apart and reveals itself. You can tell that stuff's going on, but it's not like obvious, like in Loki when, you know, he gets sent to the dimension where there's that dark force that tries to kill the other Lokis. <laughs> Abeloth. Yeah. You know? Um, I, With all like, of the other Lokis. Yeah. And I really did enjoy Loki, but it's just, I couldn't, I couldn't just sit there and watch it. I, I, and for that reason, for that alone, I put it as second because it was still fucking awesome. And I love Sylvie. I think Sylvie's great. And I'm glad that Kang is now in the MCUs, like yep. confirmed, rega- yep. regardless of if he's... Well, I mean, he can't be dead because he's infinite, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think just based on the fact that when WandaVision was coming out, I would go home from work and be like, okay, one division's out now. I have I have to watch this today. Yeah. You know what? That was back in the time when it was still coming out on the Friday afternoons. I miss that. Yeah. I, I miss it being released. And now it gets released on the Wednesdays now instead of the Friday. My, me and Cora, my wife, we used to come home. We would get takeaways. That would be kind of like our, our in-home date night. Get some McDonald's, get some fish and chips, something like that. And then sit down and watch the latest Marvel release. And I'm so disappointed that that's a midweek thing now. Yeah. But okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna go for go to bat for Loki in position one. I think <laughs> Owen Wilson, enough said. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No. The I mean, yeah, well, to be honest, the chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson is fantastic. They're That's because they were in Midnight in Paris together. They had that pre existing. Doesn't matter. They still did an incredible job. Doesn't matter how it comes about. To me, this is the most flawless of the TV shows. It's, I think, evenly paced throughout the entire thing. I loved the fact that it was kind of a, a introspective deep dive into who Loki is. And Loki is learning that by meeting other Lokis. I yeah. thought that was cool. I thought that was a really cool twist. And finding out that he's not the most capable Loki, like Sylvie is actually better than him. Yeah. And the ending where we have the reveal of Kang slash He Who Remains and the entire last episode is really just them having a conversation and Kang kind of explaining how the multiverse worked and how he's the one that's holding it all together, why they shouldn't kill him, was so brilliantly acted. Jonathan Majors absolutely killed it. But again, just doing something different, not ending in the big punch punch up kaiju fight, you know, lights and rockets exploding everywhere, having just a conversation and then ending in quite a sad fashion with Loki being stranded by himself in another alternate version of the TVA and again, sitting there to deal with his own grief. I found it incredible. I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoy all of the performances. I enjoy what it's setting up and I'm really, really looking forward to it because there has been a season two for Loki announced. I'm really, really looking forward to season two of Loki. It's, yeah, I think that this is kind of, Loki has been the linchpin so far of phase four and it just wouldn't be fair to put it any lower than one. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm not going to argue with you because you make a good point. It's like, like I said, my, the reason Loki's not number one for me is solely just based on the fact that I couldn't like watch it. I just lose 
not interest, but I it'd just be a bit much for me. You know what I mean? But also with WandaVision, obviously as as a kid I just grew up with the TV. So I've grown up watching different kinds of sitcoms from, you know, childhood. And then to see each episode as a different era sitcom, I just thought that was brilliant, you know? So you're relating to the Scarlet Witch. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) You're seeing yourself in the Scarlet Witch with all the the different sitcoms, putting yourself into that position. Yeah, I have a red corset at home. Yeah, I I can see you rocking that, man. I wish you wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Stay out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we have it at your house, Rick. (laughs) All right, we'll wrap it up there then. <laughs> we'll finish up on that that horrible mental image. Hey, <laughs> sorry. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thanks so much for joining us this week. Next week we're going to be. We've been doing a lot of MCU content recently. Next week we're going to be diving into Star Wars, and we're going to be taking a bit of a look at our favorite Force users from the light side and the dark side. So, Yo, boy, that's going to be a really really nerdy episode so please please join us for that it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah uh in the meantime don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from don't yeah. forget to leave us a five-star review like in, and subscribe dudes like and subscribe <laughs> like and subscribe there's no liking on podcasts just like it anyway just like it just you personally like just the, you like, like it internally st- like the stuff on instagram and facebook yes yeah subscribe follow us on follow us stuff. on socials at the only pop culture pod uh you won't you don't understand how much leaving a review will actually help us. So please, please, please jump onto your podcast platforms and leave us a review. And otherwise, we'll see you next week. All right. Laters, Gators. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom. Hippopotamus. 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 I'm a hippopotamus. I like swimming, but I'm dangerous. If you get too close to me, I might just bite your feet. Oh. Hippopotamus, hippopotamus, hippopotamus. I'm a hippopotamus. I'm a hippopotamus. I'm fat and dangerous. If you don't understand, I might just bite your.